And we are back with another horror surprise. All right, I don't know if you've seen this film. It's been uh, dated back from 2016. However, I figured if you're looking for something fun, it is Friday night and it is October. We are looking for something psychological. Um, so let's get started with the film of Lavender, an American-Canadian drama film, actually, uh, directed by Ed Gass Donnelly and written by Colin Frizzle. Uh, and Ed Gass uh, Donnelly. Um, the film stars Abby Cornish, Dermot uh, Mulroney, my husband, one of my husbands, Justin Long. I think he's so handsome. Uh, <laughs> and Diego Klattenhoff, Peyton Kennedy, and Lola Flattery. The film was actually released on DirecTV on February 3rd, 2017, before being released on VOD and in theaters March 3rd, 2017 by Samuel Goldwyn Films. Now, let's get started with the story. Um, which I found to be very interesting just because um, if you're looking for like a slow paced uh, kind of thriller, maybe something with a little bit of a supernatural feel to it, this would definitely be kind of right up your alley. Again, I apologize for spoilers, but <laughs> if you haven't been listening, I'm pretty much, you're, I'm new to you. You're like, ah, oh, spoilers? Yeah, I, I just, I spit them out like I spit lyrics and I can't even rap. Um, so let's get started. So the plot of the entire film is uh, revolving around in uh, 1985, you know, back in the years of that time period and the time periods before that where murder was so easy uh, <laughs> so police officers end up uh, approaching a man named patrick and tells him that something has happened to his brother and his whole family um but the teenager was found covered in blood uh by the police so lavender blue plays in the background and jane who is the teenager she was raised by a foster family but she has no memory of this uh, horrible tragedy or her family actually so in 2010, years later, uh, Jane owns a studio. She's selling uh, photographs. She likes taking pictures of abandoned uh, farmhouses. And that's kind of her thing. Um, but she's like, a, you know, a photographer. And that's, that's what she does for her living. Um, she has a very strained relationship with her husband, Alan, and even her young daughter, Alice. And it's partly because she has these weird memory lapses. And uh, at some point, while they're on this, you know, maybe it's a journey, uh, she's drawn to this particular uh, farmhouse uh, at the very beginning of the film. And days later, she ends up having a car a car accident and she wakes up in the hospital. But she doesn't immediately recognize Alan and Alice. And the little girl's like very confused. She's uh, a little offended because that sort of thing uh, can be offended, offending, I guess, for the, the person who's experiencing on the other end because you would anticipate like this person should remember you. Like I'm their daughter, I'm their husband, I'm your, I'm your child, I'm this... You know what I mean? Like there's, there is that expectation of like, holy crap, they really don't remember me. And it's heartbreaking to watch on both ends. And you even see the little daughter uh, playing with the toys and she's demonstrating what kids usually do with their toys. What is going on in their household? Like, you know, well, what's wrong with mommy? Like she's doing that sort of thing outside the room and the mother kind of just sees her, but she doesn't fully recognize her. So um, what ends up happening is that the doctor explains that the crash must have aggravated a childhood head injury um, which is part of the reason why she has all these like la memory lapses when it comes to her childhood. So she ends up receiving like this weird, mysterious gift of a music box. And everyone knows music boxes in horror films are creepy. Like it's just, it's just written in stone, right? Um, and a photo from 1985 of the farmhouse that she had just took a picture of. And she ends up uh, doing more research and she ends up finding out that the property records reveal that jane actually owns that farmhouse uh but it's been taken care of by patrick an uncle of her and uh, now she had ordered these these records but she doesn't remember this because of the car accident so what ends up happening is 
these papers end up on her porch while her husband is uh while she's in the hospital her husband's with the kid and the doorbell rings a couple of times and of course you know it's, you're you're thinking of the ghost story you're like don't open the door he opens the door a few times and he ends up fighting this envelope and when he goes through the envelope he ends up realizing like oh holy crap like you actually own this house like why didn't you tell me like he's actually really really upset and he goes back to the wife which i i can understand why he was upset i just didn't get why he was so angry at her like how could you not tell me and i'm like well you, dude she spent her entire marriage with you like not remembering crap <laughs> like why are you surprised um but uh she's just like very very uh frustrated and during this entire time she keeps talking to her uh hospital psychiatrist named liam uh that's played by justin long <laughs> my husband um so and he's trying to get her to revisit like any repressed memories that she that she may have and she's kind of struggling with these things she ends up calling up patrick and finding out like are you my uncle he ends up telling her yes i'm actually i am your uncle I've been caring for your property this whole time. And he's like, I'm really sorry that they put you in, you know, in the uh, foster care system. Um, and she's kind of trying to reconnect with her past and also learn as much as she possibly uh, can. Now, while all of this is going on and she's trying to piece back her like memento moment, right? Her daughter keeps interacting and keeps doing creepy things like kids do naturally, right? Like pitter-patter down the hallway, uh, saying things like, shh, they'll hear. And then, like, run, you know, because kids are just freaking creepy. Um, so she's doing all these things. And then while she's referring to someone who's not in the room, her mom is like, what's up with you? So every now and then, her daughter will say something that will trigger a memory. Or she'll look at her and go, what did you say? And she kind of, like, is having, like, an inner freakout moment. And the daughter kind of just goes on about her married business. And, and in fact, one of the uh, visions-ish that she's dealing with is she wakes up in the middle of the night to find her daughter staring at her again because that's what kids do, right? Because they're creepy. And have I said that kids are creepy? I feel like I haven't said it enough. Um, but uh, she's standing in the doorway and she ends up saying, Shh, you know, they'll hear you. And then she ends up finding, following her daughter to go like, well, why the heck are you? What's going on? She ends up in the bedroom staring at this, uh, standing at the doorway and she sees a, a woman and a child talking to each other and they're going through the conversation and they're talking about fairies and stuff like that. And the daughter is trying to tell her like, well, you have to be careful because the fairies will trick you, blah, 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 the tricksters. And it starts to kind of hype up this idea that there are like evil fairies on this, on this property. Right. And I'm trying to figure out like, okay, well, what does this have to do with this particular, uh, you know, a woman? And at some point she turns and <laughs> she tries to get her daughter. And she's like, Allie. And her daughter looks her dead in her face and goes, Allie isn't here anymore. And then just runs. And you're like, what the? So when she turns back at the mother and daughter, they're actually standing on the bed creepily. The mother has no face, right? And they're just staring at her she just books it running trying to wake her husband and in, in the midst of uh, waking up her husband there's a little girl um that crawls out from beneath her bed grabs her feet she ends up falling into her closet thinking that she's safe the little girl like jumps on top of her she's having an entire emotional spiritual breakdown and i'm like whoa <laughs> like like that is awfully intense and I'm thinking, like, well, these fairies seem awfully pissed. Like, like what happened? Um, and just in case if you're not familiar with, like, fairy folklore, uh, fairies are refer referred to, like, as, like, in a sense, as tricksters. But if you listen carefully, you won't be tricked. And that's, that's kind of like a, 
a theme that's like ongoing uh throughout the film right um where fairies are known to be like very dangerous and powerful beings who are sometimes friendly to humans but they can also be very cruel and mischievous right um they're very much like people right and all depends on what you get um so you know and there's there's different types of fairies and i feel like they're playing off of that idea of like these are the fey folk you know whether you're looking at a uh, european culture it doesn't matter like where you were looking when it, when when in reference to uh fairies and they kind of like hype that up so you kind of get the the idea of okay these are some kind of like mystical creatures or supernatural creatures who are there you know on the property and they're like no so you're starting to think okay they have to have something to do with this property but what's the deal and as you're uh, watching the film and you're growing and growing more emotionally involved into this film. Um, ooh, sorry, I was drinking something. Um, but as she's talking to her hospital psychiatrist who keeps calling her and like checking up on her, like, I just want to make sure you're okay, right? So now I'm suspicious of the doctor and I'm like, what's the doctor got to do with anything? Uh, she ends up uh, looking at a framed page of a family massacre that happened in 1985, which is marked the day after the photo that she received while she was in the hospital. So October 10th, the newspaper says October 11th, 1985. And the entire thing is dealing with the fact that everyone thinks that Jane, which is her as an adult, is actually responsible. And uh jane is trying to like figure out like what does this all mean so now she's spending a chunk of the film thinking she's a murderer she's freaking out like oh my god like what if what if i did this so at some point in another one of her night visions with the dealing with the the fey folk right she ends up uh, waking up her daughter because she has her hands around her daughter's throat and her daughter's like uh what you doing and she's like i was trying to wake you and she's like it's 4 30 what are you waking me up for she's like nothing go back to sleep <laughs> um and she ends up you know going through this uh personal torture of like oh my god is that the kind of person i am am i gonna end up doing that to my family she's struggling with this uh acceptance and comprehending what's really happening to her so she ends up visiting the guy uh, that's her uncle, right? That's Patrick. And she's trying to find out, like, more about the, the family. Why was she put in the foster care? And Patrick's like, you were the only person in the house. Like, the only person who knows is actually you. Like, you don't have your memory. No one, like, what happened? Um, But he does tell her, like, a little bit about the father. Like, how much the father, like, really loved the family. Uh, Even though he didn't always show it. Um, But he was, like, very, like, loving towards the family, etc., um, but he didn't always show it properly, right? So you, you kind of get an idea of, like, what their family situation is like. And what ends up happening is uh, Alice, or Allie, the daughter, uh, ends up telling uh, <laughs> Alan, um, you know, Daddy uh, Daddy Dears over there, uh, that there was a girl who warned her about the monster in the bedroom. And she goes, and a nice lady taught her the lavender song. Now... Um, as this is all going on, her daughter, their daughter obviously has not let go of like how these fey folks really, really are. Um, and it's, it's interesting, um, how they break it down. Cause you can see that they're interacting with the daughter and the mother on two different levels. Like the mother, they're like a little more harsher with opposed to with how they're reacting to the, to the daughter. And 
at some point, um, Jane starts going, babe, this is not working out. This is not helping my injury. This is not helping me at all. I need to get the fuck out of this house. Um, so Allie ends up screaming that there was a man chasing her and she ends up having like a, a asthma attack. And the issue is now the spirits now won't let Jane leave the house. Right. So Alan ends up rushing Alice to the hospital and now the spirits have got to like up their game. Right. The fae folk are like, she's about to go. And Jane ends up finding the same music box that's been consistently playing throughout the entire film. And she ends up finding the half, the other half of a torn family photo that shows Liam, the hospital psychiatrist, is actually Jane's father. And once she sees that, everything clicks. And then you start to walk through the memory of what really happened that particular night. And this is where it gets super documentary style, right? And I'm like, what the? Um, what ends up happening is the sister, well, the mom, right? The mom comes in and she's with, uh, with her husband. He is piss drunk. I mean, just beyond drunk. The wife is just getting in through the door. He just passes out on the couch, just gone. And he had a tool chest with him, right? One of those like old fashioned ones that you see that's like wide open with a handle wooden box. And uh, as they're arriving home, a few minutes before they arrived home, the uncle, that's right, good old Uncle Patrick, he is at the house. Now, you get the gist that this is obviously something that happened all the time. So one of the spirits grabs Jane while she's in the midst of this vision and goes, hide under the bed because he's coming. So that tells me, okay, this obviously happened obviously a lot more frequent than perhaps maybe anyone really knew. So one sister is on the bed. The other one is hiding under the bed. And that's the teenager. That's Jane. So they're hiding under there this whole time. And when she comes out, she realizes that the uncle... Uh, lovely uncle patrick who had no idea what happened that night um was actually there to start molesting the children again so the little girl tells him like you're not supposed to be here he goes well i should be here and then he's trying to make it seem like it's a game you gotta do me a favor blah 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 it's our little secret etc etc and She's scared. The other sister is scared because this this happens obviously all the time. So when mommy and daddy run into the house, daddy's passed out on the couch. Um, The wife instinctively tries to get her husband up, but he's too passed out because she hears her daughter scream, mommy. And the uncle immediately goes to cover her mouth and he's trying to keep it like keep her quiet. So she hears her mom go, mommy, like she hears that. So now it's obvious that her daughter's voice is being muffled. Without hesitation, Mama Bear grabs a hammer. Now, she tries to wake up the husband again. Husband is still, like, struggling with his alcohol, right? And she starts to make her way up the stairs. And she's trying to figure out who the hell is in her house. Because she only went out with her husband for a little bit, for obviously for some drinks. Left her with the teenage daughter. Who the fuck is in the house? So she gets to the top of the stairs and ends up finding that the brother is there like that without even skipping a beat she puts two and two together and she she understands exactly what is happening here so she tells her like i'm sorry like i'm trying to belch but there's like so much happening here she tells him to 
get away from her. And she starts calling for her husband. So that triggers him to get off of the daughter and kind of go at his sister. And he's like, no, don't call Liam. Don't call Liam. Don't call Liam. Don't call him. Don't call him. Don't call him. Right? Because usually when uh, men are doing something wrong, they're scared if another male finds them. Right? And (laughs) so what ends up happening is they get into a big, huge scuffle. And they're going back and forth. Things are getting, like, knocked over. He pins her to the bed. Now, she cannot get up. But all she has is her free hand. Um, with the hammer now his hands are on her shoulder so she can't really reach over his shoulder to hit him like she wants so she ends up hitting him in his back a few times with the hammer and he starts to struggle to get the hammer away from her and in the midst of all this uh he ends up taking the hammer from her and knocking her swift clear across her head she hits the floor as she hits the floor um jane who's under the bed watches her mom hit the floor and is just kind of getting traumatized severely traumatized by it. and then she starts to see the pool of blood falling uh over from uh from her mother's head now as this is uh going on um she freaks out her sister who was at the top has asthma she's starting to have an asthma attack and little janie runs out just books it out hides into the bathroom now her daddy used to shave with the old-fashioned uh razor a new little blade like the the barbershops like to use so she grabs that so she's obviously old enough to like figure out something so he tries to go follow with her but he still has another concern he's still concerned about the father waking up right and she's standing in the tub he's trying to go grab her i guess to like control the situation or whatever the hell he was about to do and she ends up slicing his hand or like his arm and she books it past him. He gets pissed. And in the midst of all this happening, the husband is stumbling too because he's hearing all this commotion. He's hearing all this. He's still pissed drunk and he's trying to like get up to the top to see what's going on. He starts walking all the way up to the top of the stairs. And just as he's getting to the top of the stairs, the daughter Jane had just jumped out of the tub to like book it out of the house. And what ends up happening is she slams right into her father, full force. And if anyone's had a kid slam into you, that will knock you on your ass in a minute. They're like, bam, like, ah, like, stop running in the house. You're going to kill me. Like, um, so she's running full force. He's still pissed drunk. And just as she slams into him, she tries to grab his arm. But keep in mind, she still has the blade in her hand. They fall down the stairs, hit the floor. Now, I don't know if it's because he broke his neck. But at some point, I do believe he obviously is skin was breached because a pool of blood ends up uh, falling all over him and seeps out from him and like onto her. So now the uncle is like, fuck, all I wanted was to molest some kids, right? Of course, creeper. Um, So what ends up happening is he thinks very carefully, goes back to the bedroom where the daughter had died because she had an asthma attack. Um, She couldn't breathe, so she's done. The sister is dead because he just killed her and knocked her upside the head with a hammer. He looks at the bodies at the bottom of the stairs and realizes um, Liam and Jane look dead, right? So Liam's dead, but Jane looks dead and she's not moving. And so he takes the hammer that he's had in his hand this whole time, wipes it, puts it in the father's hand, and then leaves her there because she's got the little blade thing in her hand. And when she he leaves, not really checking for a pulse or whatever, right? So he just walks out because he doesn't want to touch anything and just goes home like most psycho killers right 
So he just goes home like nothing happened. And when she finally wakes up over time, she wakes up to see her father dead. He's stuck in a pool of blood. And that's how the police uh, finds her crawled up in a corner, freaking out, holding on to the blade, uh, covered in her father's blood. Now, as an adult, Jane realized that one of the spiritual scenes, she's like, you're my dad. Like, why are you guys doing all this? And the family starts to explain to her, like, well, our bodies are actually trapped and we... We needed to lead you to the truth because if we told you the truth, then uh, we could actually be free, you know, unfinished work, unfinished business kind of thing. Right. So while she's in the middle of this conversation with her, her, her dead father, her husband runs in, books in and he's like, hey, we're going to get out of here. Let's go. Uh, let's go, um, you know, head out. And uh, Jane gets outside and she's like, uh, where's Alice? Right? And he's like, uh, I dropped her off at Patrick's. She turns pale, doesn't miss a beat, hops into the car, and immediately starts driving all the way over to Uncle Patrick's house, right? And now they're rushing. Now, while this is going on, Alice is sitting there in the house with him. And she, you know, she's, she's laughing. She's enjoying certain things. But remember, she's also been talking to the spirits. Uh, or rather, they've been talking to her, rather. And he ends up saying, hey, if you want to do this again, I need a little favor. So you can tell he's preparing to molest her again. And then she just stops and she goes, they told me not to play with you. And he's like, who? And she goes, I don't know. And he goes, I think you do know. So you start to realize that Patrick is aware that the spirits of that house from from his family are actually in the house. Because he doesn't even ask her the sense of like who could have told you this like he doesn't say he knows who it is he's like oh i think you do know who it is like he knows it's them then he looks out his window and he sees that the car is booking it towards his house and he says oh i guess this time they told too much and that means like that's official like oh so you knew the spirits were in there like holy crap dude so he tells you know uh, alice hey um let's go for a walk and you know she doesn't see the car she's just walking with him or whatever And he ends up picking up his gun and she asks him, like, do you really need that? And he's like, oh, there's a lot of foxes, you know, coyotes. Like, I got to keep you safe. And the husband, of course, Alan, who now knows what's really going on, uh, books it over to uh, towards his daughter and almost gets shot. And the daughter's freaking out. And again, because um, men usually underestimate women, uh, Patrick is so focused on Alan, like he was so focused on Liam, like the man is the problem. He doesn't even remember to look for Jane. So uh, while they're moving through the farmhouse or whatever, uh, where the cows were, um, Alan's trying to get his daughter. Alice is freaking out. She's starting to cry like, I want to go home. And Jane comes up from behind him and knocks him in the head hard twice in the head uh, with a shovel. Now, they drag his body, tie him up, and they leave him in the very room where he killed his sister. When he comes to, he's telling her, please don't leave me here. He's like uh, begging and pleading with her. And he's like, I never meant for it to happen. I'm so sorry. It was just an accident. And Jane just looks at him and is like, yeah um i hear you but uh you can tell that to them and then closes and locks the door 
So Patrick is now freaking out because he's obviously already acknowledged that the ghosts are there. And that's how she that's how she leaves him. And they kind of leave the rest up to uh, your imagination. Now, what I enjoyed the most about the film was the fact that they sort of played you the idea of like, oh, no, maybe this is a maybe this is a fairy who knows what's going on. And it it, it works for a little bit because the distorted images, the things that's happening, things that are moving around kind of follows the etymology of fairies. So it does explain like the mischief, the fun that they might have because they're having fun with the kid, but they're messing with the mom. Um, you you get this like full idea of like what uh, fairies are supposed to be technically by their mythology opposed to outside of Tinkerbell. Now, um, what I did also appreciate was the fact that they showed the breakdown of her piecing together her own memory just by being there from you know from the accident uh from talking to her dead father even though she didn't realize it was her dead father walking all through that only to remember a horrific night and the night really covers like one of those things where one thing well which is wrong you know um, molesting kids i don't care who you are that's just flat out wrong don't touch the kids um goes out on a whole other bigger scale than what it really should have been um and ends up killing the whole family or the unintentionally right he kills kills the sister the the mom is dead the kid has an asthma attack dies she's she she can't breathe she's done and then the other two is because she slammed into him at the top of the stairs and he's too drunk to do anything about it they just go full force down the to the bottom of the stairs and he just wipes the hammer and walks the fuck away and then only told her like i don't know what happened that night only you would know like i'm i don't know yeah um yeah your family just died which follows like the protocol of what every documentary does and i was actually just discussing this with a friend of mine how in every documentary the killer always has like some vague ass story it's always like hey uh bob uh we noticed your wife is missing um where is she and he's like i don't know it's weird uh do you guys uh you know get along oh of course we get along have you guys had any fights no we've never had a single fight our marriage is perfect huh all right um where are the kids oh i don't know i don't know oh no she must have just left me for some hot new guy and they're like huh but you guys had no problems no none at all and then like they always end up finding out like so you had a side mistress didn't like the fact that she wanted to divorce you and then you killed her and the kids and they're like well i mean when you say it that way like that's their response and it's amazing how that happens in these documentaries and like how they really try to play it off like bob where's your wife like what she's not with you like bro you married to her like what the f-? like you know like they really do like some absurd shit and then they kind of like tapped into that which i thought was kind of relatively interesting um and they also give you more information without having to show you a thousand scenes leading up to it right it was understood that the uncle has been molesting the children for a while and obviously maybe the parents don't know obviously the mom was smart enough to figure something out and they even made you question would they do something to the mom at some point um or was she just like oh hell no you wasn't in the house babysitting the kids what are you fucking doing um it shows uh how accidents and how one little decision one thing one little thing can change a person's entire fucking life um and i like the fact that the spirits were kind of like you know tampering around with jane trying to get her to actually remember uh what really happened to her uh so if you're looking for like a slow paced psychological thriller i would definitely recommend uh lavender uh i think it is a fun film um something to sit there and think about and i think the most intense scenes are probably more towards the ending 
when you actually reveal and watch everything that happens in that night. And if you're a person who likes documentaries, I think this could be something that would be relatively interesting. So uh, for those of you who I hope are enjoying my film reviews and you're like, ooh, I want something to watch for Halloween. It is Friday night. Maybe take it a little slow. Maybe just wait a little bit for you to do the slasher films. Do something to ease your mind into Halloween and give uh, Lavender and Netflix a chance. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I always love feedback. If you saw the film, you disagree with me. I don't care what you got to say. Um, just give me some feedback on what you thought of my review as well as the film. Most importantly, because I love discussing films and going and diving in deep into it. Um, but yes, you can find me as Kadma, which is C-A-D-M-A. Everything about me online for Kadma is under that name, including my channel from Bit and Apple TV. Obviously, if you look for me on TikTok, I do have a Snapchat. Don't use it. Um, but I do have an Instagram as well and Twitter uh, and a Facebook page as well. So everything you find me under is Kadma, C-A-D-M-A, and Bitten Apple TV. That's right. Take a bite out of the apple. And happy Halloween.